This is a HeadGum Podcast. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We listen to Amy Grant's A Christmas to Remember, and we're going to talk about it today on Good Christian Fun. And you can't even wrap this under the tree, but... Here comes Christmas for me. I want to see cats! Oh, oh, it was always in there. Jesus Christ! Vince Gr- Gr- hold me. Just to get Raise the volume. Oh. Why? I can't even tell what this is. I'll tell you after. It's so good. <laughs> 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 oh. Okay. But like four of them and none of them are in tune. Okay, let's do the drop. get to have that you get one request per year thank you into the theme song and that was your request i spent it wisely you used it up welcome <laughs> to good christian fun or good christmas fun i'm kevin i'm christmas carol hey you're christmas caroline mm-hmm. and i'm ho 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 Ke- i'm that ho 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 over there your baby sent from kevin uh, hey thank you and we're here to have good christmas fun caroline what is good christian fun uh this is where we talk about christian pop culture the movies the music the art uh, I feel like you're doing an impression Christians of me right now. I've made. <laughs> I'm trying. And uh, we talk about it. We both grew up in church, in Christianity, and uh, we still have a little bit of a fondness for it. And Just a little bit, though. Little bit. Not too much. Not enough. It's like, um, I love my family, but I know which ones are racist. Not obsessed with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> um, I'm not head over heels with them. Um, and yeah, we, we don't try to convert anybody. We're not interested in that. We're also not interested in taking away your faith if you have it, if it's good for you. Keep it. Keep it. Yeah. Keep it. And also keep it. Keep it to yourself. Yes. No, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so you want people to evangelize, I too. want people to express it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm getting into the weeds Covering here. your bases. Covering, <laughs> cover those bases like a grand freaking slam. There she is, first, third, second, and home. (laughs) (laughs) 
But this is, I think, our final installment of Good Christmas Fun this season. Hey, we had two good episodes with it. It was just this and Yo Ho Ho. <laughs> I was going to say. That was it. I don't know if you want to check out more Carmen Second got service. more episodes than Christmas. Well, did. what's more important in the Christian myth? Christmas is so much more important. Mm, agree to disagree. Yeah. But we are upholding a yearly tradition, revisiting our favorite Christmas queen, Amy. Motherfucking Grant. Third year in a row. She has four Christmas albums. Next year we do her last and then we're done. She'll probably put on a new one. Oh, I hope so. We can ask her. I just hope she does like a Christmas podcast or something. Like she was hinting (laughs) at in the last last album with her podcast in the middle of the Chipmunk song. That's right. But we can't do this alone. We need help from a very special guest. Friends and folks, she's a writer. She's a comedian. She's founder and president of the Nang Gang. You may know her from Kroll Show. The President Show and The Simpsons. She's a Philly legend. <laughs> Give it the hell up for Christine Nagle. Hey. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the show. <laughs> we always put our guests in the position of either yelling back. Yeah, or just being or like, just be like, all right, is well, this okay uh, now? Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, truly, I mean, if we did want a contrasting thing, I did for five seconds think about... Um, Making your intro song Streets of Philadelphia. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, That's how we met, So right? just imagine, like, ladies and gentlemen, everybody. Oh, we're getting a little taste. Give it the hell yeah. up. But then, then I have, like, a, uh, a noise, uh, what do you call, air horn, like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Yes. Philadelphia. A word everyone associates with the AIDS Christmas. crisis in oh. the 1990s. Now. Yes, I was just talking about this today where I was um, a, went to a... Uh, Ireland for study abroad in college, and when people would find out I was from Philadelphia, they would say, oh, do you have AIDS, like, as a joke? Oh. And I never, like, like, I didn't get it, like, that people, like, internationally, if they hear Philadelphia, they probably think of the movie. So that was their, like, funny, hilarious joke about it. (laughs) So, like, the first couple times, I just remember being like, why do people keep asking me that? It's sad. (laughs) Um, Yeah. To have such a negative thing associated with such a positive. Like, they'd be like, oh, you're from Texas. Cows? Are you a cow? <laughs> are you racist? Yeah, are you? Well, I mean, listen, there's a little more validity than that, maybe, but to have a whole city associated with a disease. That's crazy. Truly. Yeah. And to forget, too, every time that it came from that movie, that would be really jarring of like, is this like an Irish thing? Do you yeah. guys all ask people that? If they yep. tell you the town they're from? Terrible. Don't do that. But that is how we met on Twitter, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I made a joke and said, uh, it w- that I wanted to be walked down the aisle to the streets of Philadelphia. And there was like nothing funnier that I could think of. And then some, did you follow me? And then you had already made the same exact joke. I, I was already following you. And then I tweeted like w- like maybe two weeks before. So truly just like Weird. parallel thinking. That's so funny. But such specific parallel thinking. Yeah. I felt such a kinship <laughs> yes. with you about like, I'm going to make my wife walk down the aisle to the streets of I think you should walk down the aisle to your wife. Cause just imagine standing at the front. Everybody rising. Step touch. Step touch. Oh, what am I? Who is that singing? Who is this? Do you not know? You don't know. I want you to guess. Yeah. I already could asked. Be... I don't know. Okay. Here. It's. Oh, yeah. Do you want to give? Here's a, clue? a hint. A clue. Okay. Um, imagine he was singing about um, a, a woman's secret garden. Oh, she's not gonna know that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Imagine, uh, let's just say it won him his only Oscar so far. 
He's someone that means a good deal to me. <laughs> you guys are bad at clues. <laughs> he's um. He's Italian-Irish from the great state of New Jersey, not too far from Philadelphia. Is it Bruce Springsteen? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Does he have a woman's secret garden song? Uh, can you, can oh, you please my Lord. press it? I mean, Kevin, listen. do you have a problematic it's face? It's song. Of his? <laughs> it's a song. It's the... Jerry Maguire? It's from Jerry Maguire. Okay. And it's maybe, I'd say it's in the top 10 of his love songs. Yes. Wow. I'd agree with that. <laughs> like that means anything. <laughs> I heard this recently and a friend of mine and I were saying it would be a fun like party game to see if you knew the, because remember the, in the radio edit they released, they had lines the from the movie. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was remembering, like That's I heard funny. it for the first time in ages and I was rem- going like, I miss my wife. And I was like, why do I know <laughs> where this. exactly in the song it is? Oh, like a game of if you can just like say the dialogue, if people can get what the song is. without or, or just like know exactly in the song when the dialogue oh, yes, happens. Yes, yes. I don't yeah, know. you could play that game with Titanic too. Yes, with some Titanic. of those album edits oh, as well. yeah. She'll let you in her mouth at the words you say are right. That's a lyric in it. What? <laughs> He's a craftsman. Let what in her the- mouth? <laughs> Clearly you haven't seen Jerry Maguire. I don't like this man. A Is movie- it really she'll let you in her mouth? <laughs> She'll let you in her mouth if the words you say are right. Really? Mm-hmm. Awesome. She'll it's, like let you- a, it's like a little passcode on a car, you know? Yeah, maybe it's not, you know, for uh, narcissistic purposes. <laughs> That's not- <laughs> it is just unlocking a code, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, like a vault. Well, Christine, thanks so much for joining us on the show. My pleasure. From yes. streets of Philadelphia to streets of gold in heaven with us on the Good Christian Aww. Fun Podcast. Hey, we're I dead. Hope so. <laughs> we're dead. Hope to see you there. <laughs> An afterlife podcast. What's your relationship with faith and religion and whatnot? I grew up super Catholic, Irish slash Polish Catholic in, in Philadelphia. Oh. Um and I went to Catholic school my whole life, up, up, well, up until college, didn't include college. Oh, wow. Like from kindergarten all the way through high school? Yeah. Every, all of it. Mm-hmm. Is your impression of it good or bad? <laughs> <laughs> you just cut to it, huh? <laughs> Usually you take like 20 just minutes like to get that out. the education. I'm asking that part. Sure. Yeah, I mean, well, it's it, a lot. It was, um, hmm, <sighs> um, here now. Um, <laughs> somebody, I, I met a guy that I work with now, uh, Who's I think in his 70s, 60s or early seventies. Homer Simpson. He's in there. <laughs> Should be. Uh, he, this yeah, he's been a Simpsons guy forever. He's Jewish, and he like when I started working there, people were like, "Oh, you got to talk to him. He's from Philly too." But I had he was like out of town or something, and then he grew up like really close to where I grew up in Philly, oh, but like a like a Jewish part. But the part of Philly I'm from, like nobody's from there. It's just like the lower northeast, northeast. It's just not anything and um he was like oh did well you know did you have a happy childhood and i was like yeah i think so he's like then why are you funny and i was like <laughs> i'm catholic and he's like oh okay that answers it oh interesting yeah so it does supplant what might be for other cultures like just unhappiness is like yeah there was a religious There's part of it something too. yeah troubled yeah yeah childhood yeah. i don't i don't know if that's why you're funny though i don't know yeah, I mean, maybe you could blame it. I went to Christian school most of my life. When you guys say, so when I, growing up being Roman Catholic. Oh, I guess like Protestant. We didn't like, yeah. I, ne- I I rarely ever thought of myself as like Christian. It just wasn't a, I mean, I did think of myself as that, but I, it just meant something different, Christian versus Catholic. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. Like I, I've slipped up in like 
said that Catholics aren't Christians before and then I've been like rightfully corrected basically. But I think it was just like a weird almost slang thing. Yeah. Where like Christian meant like Protestant evangelical Christian and right. Catholic just meant Catholic. Catholic you know? Yeah. I think one of the most fun parts about talking about religion is the hair splitting that occurs <laughs> in the sense and of like I get lost so often. That there's it. so much yeah. like even even people asking me like really easy questions like, oh what does evangelical mean? I'm like, okay, well it's actually this kind of thing, but it doesn't necessarily mean that right. and the, the terminology is so amorphous and disparate and everyone has different associations with different things because like evangelical can mean a kind of church but it can also mean like the kind of like adjective for someone's personality of like they're evangelical about their faith or something and it could so, also just be like a political definition too mm-hmm. so it's not it's hard to have agreed upon terms yeah. but I you never like thought of those kinds of things like have more to do with Christianity than like Jesus does like the whole idea of trying to be like, I'm different from you because this and this and this and this Absolutely, and this. Absolutely, yeah. And all the like different schisms mm-hmm. yeah. that we learned about. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. And then Catholic school was, the grade school was co-ed and then my high school was all girls. Um, and that was interesting. And in Philly, it was, you know, there's like the public schools and then there's the the nice private schools and then kind of in between is the Catholic schools. Okay. So there's discipline enough for it to be like, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if better learning environment is the right way to say it. It probably isn't. But they could kick people out if they were causing problems. It's more intense. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's like they they didn't have to, like, you know, public school has to provide all these things. Like Catholic schools could be like, no, see you later. Okay. Um, but they didn't have as much, I don't think, as much money or resources. So, the, you know, the education was good, but it could have been a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um God, now I'm starting to feel so embarrassed and like guilty, Why? just because I don't want anyone that like oh, does sound like you're disparaging it? <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think you're maybe trying to make a distinction of like it wasn't like oh, all the rich people went to this school that I was at, yeah, because it seems like it because it was a private Catholic school, or right? Yeah, because in some cities that's totally the it's case. this whole other thing. It's parochial schools, mm-hmm. and it was just you know what my parents did, and so it's just what we did. And yeah, we walked to school and came home for lunch. Um, oh, for fun. like the first couple of years that my mom went to work. But um, yeah. I feel like a lot of people have had good experience just with like just an all-girls school and all-boys school. Mm-hmm. Like I always expect to hear complaints and then they're like, no, it was actually pretty cool. And like I feel like I didn't have to dumb myself down ever or things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Did it feel that way for you? It's interesting. I, I really loved it when I was there. First of all, I love wearing a uniform. I love it. I miss it. <laughs> I, I never so. got to. No, you are. You're wearing a uniform now. <laughs> yeah, you're wearing a plaid skirt. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> and I'm glad you finally acknowledged yeah, it, guys. Sucks. I didn't want to make it a thing. It's all I wanted. It looks adorable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. Mm. You, keep, you keep shortening it as you're as we're talking about. <laughs> and I'm about to basic instinct to both of you. you. <laughs> and I hope you're ready for it. Um, yeah, but it was – so I did love it. And um, then it was strange because – when I got to college, I remember I have a very distinct memory of the first time. It was in like one of my f- first weeks, maybe my fir- first week, and like a guy answered a question in class. And I remember like really distinctly thinking, oh, right, boys can be smart too. <laughs> like it was really like, oh, yeah, yeah, I haven't had to think about this for so long or just compete with this or whatever. Um, so oh. I, I'm still mixed on what uh, on single sex education and and if that's good or bad i i kind of feel like it's good for girls and bad for boys maybe i mean what were the negative f- effects for you if there were any the negative effects were not 
um, knowing how to negotiate like equal partnerships with with you know boys or yeah you know, and this is just accepting that there's a binary because that's how they divided us. Yeah. Um, so that was definitely one of them. Was just, but but like is that bad? I don't I don't know. The yeah. adjustment was weird and. Yeah. Um, but you know, also that it was a Catholic school, so there's. I feel very strongly that the Catholic Church is really inherently anti-woman. So, like looking back, um, and my my school was in like a really, 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 really rough neighborhood, and it does a lot of really good things for the girls from around there. But um, when I think about it being a Catholic school for girls in the inner city, I'm, like I just don't think it's meeting some of the more immediate needs that they have around mm-hmm. like, um, you know, health, reproductive health or, you know, that kind of education, stuff totally. like that. Yeah. I was just learning the history of like the pill and how that came about. And there was a Catholic doctor who like helped create it, I believe. I'm probably fudging the history a little bit, but he was a Catholic and he was like serving a lot of underprivileged, like working class Catholic women. And he was the one that like grew convinced eventually. It was like, if we want to help them out of this, mm-hmm. we have to give them the pill. Like this mm-hmm. is just a basic thing that they need. Otherwise they like are literally drowning in children. <laughs> like they cannot, <laughs> they can't mm-hmm. get out of this. And like, I'm actually the one going to their houses and seeing how they live. And they like, they're also young women, but like some of them are like in teenagers or early twenties. And like, this is just a, a thing we have to do. And of course you had to fight like all of his life basically. Wow. And like, I don't think the Catholic church still accepts it. Is like a real thing? No, well, no. Accept Am I wrong? It, I, I mean, they accept it as a real thing, but not as Oh, like I mean, a like approves thing. it. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, they don't it's not like ghosts that they don't believe it or something. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. They believe it. Yeah. The pill, you say? Yeah. And it was a whole thing, too, about how, like, yeah, most of the Catholic leadership are men, and a lot of them have been, like, celibate priests for a lot of yeah. their life, too. So when it got to them, they just, like, couldn't even imagine all, I mean, all that all of them life. are men like yeah. all, the whole leadership is men and yeah. there are nuns that have meant a great deal to me and there's um, um women in certain leadership but like it's just insane to me that um we have this huge worldwide organization that just doesn't let women be at the top in the top roles they're just not allowed yeah it's crazy and like, it's so like i wouldn't even patriarchal. join a like a bank that had that role like you know, <laughs> like it's just this thing that we all accept and that like I haven't seen it yet, but The Two Popes is like a movie that people are like, it's funny. And it's like, if you really think of it, or even with like Fleabag with the hot priest, I was like, I love it. Obviously, Fleabag's flawless. But like, I didn't, just cannot, like, you know, part of the Fleabag, the, I don't know, I want to spoil it for anybody, but, you know, he goes back to, you know, she was saying like, he's going back to God. He loves God. And I was like, he's going back to the Catholic Church. That's yeah. very different. And like... To be a priest in the Catholic Church, you have to go through all this schooling that is just like you're just accepting that women are not allowed to be leaders or not allowed to be leaders. And it just has been said by leader, like by popes, this will never change. We just accept that as so true that people don't kind of step back and say, all right, what if this was any other organization? In any other sphere of reality, it would be so It would be against, you know, so I don't know. I just feel... Very strongly about that. The last New York Times article headline about this was, A bigger role for women in the Catholic Church? 185 men will decide. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to say, A bigger role for women in the Catholic Church? Psych. (laughs) JK, which it kind of is. April Fool's. Uh, Yeah. yeah. um, And like it's, it's pretty similar sometimes in Protestant church, although a lot of the time like that that's also that doesn't make sense is like a lot of the time in protestant couples that are like complementarian which means like 
we are both have equal importance in this relationship, but the man's job that he was given is to be leader and hers is to be helper, cheerleader, At this whatever. point, I would love that, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, is that still an option? Great. <laughs> <laughs> sounds amazing. I think but you should have to live some like... life before you get to that point. Yeah. Like, you shouldn't be a 20-year-old woman that's like, yes, lead me. You should have to wait until you've, like, you're as beaten down as I am before you're like, yeah, okay, great. Oh. Go for it. <laughs> But, I mean, those same people wouldn't be, like, a woman – well, some of them, at least if they're, like, trying to play the game, would be like, oh, yeah, but, like, pursue a career, be a boss, be mm-hmm. whatever, like, have evil equal say in sex, like, all this other stuff, but just this one marriage thing, like, they don't allow. That's and it's interesting. Like, what a weird blindness to have and yeah. to stick by. It's a strange obsession, I think, with the Catholic Church of, around, like, you know, they're against contra- contraception of any – kind um or you know against abortion and um against sex outside of marriage and but not like on the front lines of advocating for you know paid you know maternal leave parental leave and all that stuff i mean some people are yes like i'm not I, people are going to write in and say but i do this yeah but, I do that. but like, like i'm talking about the organization like, yeah. and you know i grew up in a family of there are four kids and two parents and like I put my mom and dad sang at church and like we went to church and I loved it. I bought into it so hard. Yeah. But like even from a young age, I bought into like kindness and the welcome the stranger aspect of it. And I think that that's one of the reasons that I ended up going into comedy and satire and just this me, I don't know, not, this, I don't know if this is right or not, but like I think at a very young age, I was really smart and saw like what we were teaching, like Jesus said this, Jesus said this, Jesus said this. But then I was like precocious enough to notice that like people weren't, adults weren't following it and the church wasn't following it. And in general, it wasn't like the way adults were acting. And so it was that kind of um, gap that was like, I think, where I started to get into, interested in satire, um, just being, you know, pointing out hypocrisy and, and you know, that, that kind of stuff. And yeah. I don't think I, I recognized it as that until later where I was able to be like, oh, this is how I started to really pinpoint hypocrisy was like because I was like no man like I've been on board with Jesus from day one he's great but like but what about these other million rules that you have they, they don't they don't drive with like what you were saying you know yeah um but then we we got really involved in um like community service corps and like Catholic youth organization and we did all sorts of leadership trainings wow. and like summer jobs and like jobs during the year it was like all like working in like catholic youth organizations you stuff. did yeah and then like one of my first jobs in college um so it was <laughs> it's kind of calm in philly i don't know if they still do it this way but they had like the community service corps and the and the cyo the catholic youth organization cyo was through the parishes csc was through the schools and then they had like you know you, you did things like go to you know soup kitchens and and tutoring and like i remember i did this thing called clown ministry where oh, you, we know clown <laughs> do you know clown ministry, ministry? Oh, i mean we yeah. read the book on clown ministry you on read clowns cross many lines there along is the a book on clown ministry for sections. real that we did buy off of amazon That's so crazy. oh my god what was your did you ever do it did we do it? No. I mean, I did. I mean, we're human- doing it now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in, in a way, everyone doing a comedy podcast is in clown ministry, whether they know it or not, for sure. No, but I, 
I did a variation on it called it for Protestant churches. There's there's stuff called human videos where you like they play a song, usually like a CCM song or a worship song, and then it's not necessarily like a, a synchronized dance to it, but it's like mime stuff and you like act out a sketch to the song without dialogue or is it supposed or to be funny uh no it's supposed so that's to be like healing. um liturgi- liturgical dance yeah i think they call like that dance. liturgical dance at I my like that. Yeah. school um it was like there was uh, a hospice near my high school and you would dress as a clown and like go to the hospice like one day after school and like I think the hospice people were like, I'm sorry. It, it, looking back, I think it was probably like worse for them than nothing. Just these like, amateur clowns. Coming these, like, these like earnest hearted Catholic teens, like, Patch Adams, all over to this woman, like literally on her deathbed. Literally. It, it was, oh, man. but like, I don't, I don't know. It was just weird. And then, uh, we, you know, went on like service trips, went to, Me- went to Mexico, like did all that kind of stuff and like tr- all the whole time was always like down with like the the justice pu- the justice part of it but like never fully in on like the actual church part and then but never knew why I felt that way like my parents were not like super conservative in terms of I mean I don't know it's this weird urban catholic thing that's like you're dem- democratic type people but you're catholic which means you're kind of also not so I don't know. I And I always wonder, like, where did I get, like, my feminism from? And I only recently realized that it's, like, 99% from Claire Huxtable. Wow. Oh, like, wow. Yeah. And I think that that was, like, infused into, like, my, <laughs> like, observations about the church and stuff. And then I had, like, you know, an experience with maybe a not-so-great um, youth minister. Mm. And um, that just only further solidified like the my feelings about the institution and how they handled it and stuff yeah so yeah that's worse than i mean what we were saying before about in no other sphere of life would like women not being allowed to do such and such be the case like the inverse of of that is in no other part of life would like an abuse of power like that even though we were all cynical and we kind of expect it but it should be the most grievous in places like that where it's not even like, oh, someone screwed up or they slipped or they were, you know, boys being boys or whatever. But it's like, do you understand what you're doing? And like even playing with like eternity in your hands with kids' souls and stuff, that really sucks. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's so many people's story too. Yeah. Yeah. You must hear a lot of those mm-hmm. or maybe yeah. people want to joke about them. But or, And yeah. then, then there's like real – there's even darker ones. I remember a lot from growing up in Texas where – in some versions of this story, the youth minister ends up marrying one of the students shortly thereafter they graduate or God, something. Yikes. Like that happens. That happened a lot Disgusting. in Texas, which the fact that they ended up together is just like worse because it kind of confirms the oh yeah the, like the power play yeah and stuff yeah. Oof. Again, now that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, looking, with now perspective, now yeah, we can see like, that that rocks. You know, that's you found a man. Good for you. <laughs> you know, feeling at ease. Um, I'm so sorry. That sucks so bad. And and it seems like the part that was not complicated for you was just like the service aspect and caring for people. Yeah, like, that always kind of clicked. And maybe because you had people that like you could follow in their steps and be like, well, I, I'm going to follow this leader. I know that they're There, there were some nuns that were just out of this world really? amazing human beings. Like I, what? oh my God, I, I wanted to be a nun. I loved <gasps> the nuns because they got to just hang out with women all the time and yeah. just like, 
I thought that was cool. Like we did this thing called Shadow Day where um I think it was in seventh or eighth grade. You took an like an aptitude test to see like what kind of career you should be like interested in. And all the students who scored in like the service range, like the boys got, had to meet with priests and the girls had to meet with nuns. And they had this thing called for the nuns called Shadow Day. And um you got assigned a nun. And so you would go to the convent, which was right next door to the it was connected to the school actually. And um like you would show up at like dawn whenever they woke up and they did their vespers or whatever the mm-hmm. morning prayers are. Mm-hmm. And then you all made breakfast together and then like you would kind of you'd go to school but like on your at lunchtime you would go sit with the nun while she graded papers or whatever. And then after school you would go and like do whatever prayer service after and then you would all make we all made spaghetti together and <laughs> ate together and then our parents came and got us. And it was like the most fun thing because it was like with all my girlfriends and all these nuns who were super cool and they got to live in this cool dorm. Mm, it's like camp. It was like camp. And yeah. I like and I remember thinking like, oh I'm gonna get made fun of for, for doing this. And then a bunch of girls did it and we all like loved it. Oh, and wow. people were just not didn't act ashamed of loving it because it was just really fun. And then they took us all to like a you know, there was this place called, um, how's it called, Immaculata something. It was like this retirement home for the kind of nuns that were our school, Immaculate Heart of Mary nuns. Um, that The schools that I went to were diocesan. So they weren't like, you know, some schools were like Franciscan or whatever. Oh, right. mm-hmm. I can't think of it literally any Jesuit? other kinds. Jesuit? Well, no. Are Jesuits Hufflepuff? Francis? St. Francis? What's Jesuits? I can't remember. <laughs> what? <laughs> Slytherin? Slytherin? <laughs> <laughs> Rabbinical? Yeah. Um, Rabbinical. <laughs> so it was like kind of more conservative type of Catholic. Okay. Um, and um, two of our priests ended up in scandals wow. much later. One was... Hmm. High score. Yeah. One was, you know, horrible with children thing. And then the other one just broke recently. And it's this priest we all loved. But he was like spending at whatever parish he was at recently. He was spending money on like paying, giving money to many men on Grinder or something. <gasps> and I literally was like, "Yeah, awesome!" <laughs> like yeah. I was like, "Good for you! You were doing it like you weren't, you know, doing the other thing." Maybe that uh, was his ministry. Maybe because <laughs> like he was like an outreach of sorts. He was like clown the cooler. On <laughs> yeah, his he was, was clowning. Father, oh Mc- Father McClune. He was awesome. Oh boy! Yeah. That's- it's so dark. It's so Do you dark. guys have a lot of Catholics on the show, or is it like, a fair amount? Yeah, yeah, maybe like a quarter of our guests have been Catholic. Yeah, maybe a little bit more. Everyone has a different experience, but I think almost everyone is not currently a Catholic. Um, yeah, yeah. And I feel like most of the stories trend towards negative, where it sounds like yours is pretty, like literally mixed in the sense of there was like some super positive stuff. Yeah, and, like actually decent stuff that was happening to you as a kid in informative years as well as some nonsense too. Yeah, I think I think that's true. I think there's a little like a wincing aspect when I look back on it cuz it was just like such fresh fresh-faced optimism but also like stupidity um in terms of like not I mean, you know, I was a kid, I can't judge myself back then but just not knowing the reality, you know, you're working with homeless people, you don't in any way understand like the reality of what they're going through. Um but uh but yeah, my parents, my dad is still pretty involved. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of like, my dad is like in, into, <laughs> when Hillary Clinton ran for president. <laughs> mm, can we talk uh, about let's start it? There, yeah, always. let's just start it. Yeah. <laughs> that for my mom, and I think that this is true for a lot of women her age, 
it like inspired something in her. And then when she lost, my mom like lost her mind and just like got angry, you know, Trump and stuff like that. Mm. Um, And my dad, you know, isn't a Trump supporter by any means, but he's like goes to church like sometimes every day, depending. Sometimes he does what's it called adoration, I think, where like the Eucharist is out and someone always has to be there. So he'll wake up in the middle of the night and go volunteer at the church for an hour. Like he'll have like a midnight shift or something. Um, and then, but he also works at the soup kitchen and and stuff like the pantry. Um, part of his job is to write, at least at some point, was to write expiration dates on things really big, like read them and then write them really big. <laughs> and then he did that to everything at our house, at my mom and dad's house. Like going home, he got a like, flow with what it. What yeah. It's a good system. <laughs> Dad got a sharpie. Um, but my mom is very much like, uh, you know, I I don't. There's a, there's an ongoing debate in the family about like, you know, my mom's like, I go to church and I kind of, I just be with God. I don't, you don't have to necessarily agree with everything that the church is saying. Mm-hmm. And my dad, it kind of does agree with everything he's saying. He grew up like dirt poor Irish Catholic in Philly, which is terrible. And so he's just stuck in whatever that loop is. And then I, but I like, you know, at a certain point, I think like when I was like in college, I realized when I go to Catholic Church, I see what's wrong with the world. I don't see what's right. And my mom's mm. point is like, I see what's right. And so that's kind of, we, we have conversations about it all the time. I'm just like, I cannot get over the structural stuff. Like, you know, I don't believe, I don't, it's not going to, I don't believe in changing that from within. Like I don't have mm. the patience for that. Yeah. So even if there, it was used as an instrument for good in your own life, when you were a kid, and I feel like I've gone through that stuff at different points in my life where it's like, yeah, but then if I'm there, then I can do X, Y, Z. And then at some point it just feels like rolling like a boulder up a mountain yeah. in terms of like what you can actually affect. And especially with like the Catholic Church where there is such a unification mm-hmm. of messaging across the churches and what leadership is and supposed to be. Right. Whereas I feel like in a lot of other different faiths and religions, people go rogue all the time. Yeah. And it's like yeah. kind of fine. <laughs> and you can still call yourself whatever it is, a Protestant or Jewish or, you know, like yeah. like that kind of thing. But Catholic, there is such a like... It's still literally one world leader. For yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's a little more on rails with that stuff. Yeah. So it's even harder to affect any systemic change. Exactly. And I, I think like one of the things that the Catholic Church, uh, I mean, I don't know how many Christian churches do this, but like they really hold fast to the idea of like the Virgin Mary. And for me, that is like nice. such <laughs> such like a formative. He took a drink. It's the yeah. He Sorry. just took a drink out oh. of his cup. Oh, nice. <laughs> well, my lemon ginger tea. <laughs> Couldn't say nice fast enough. <laughs> nice. Christine, out. go back. Say nice, it again. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, we can take that again, right? <laughs> um, like that. It's it, that's such a bedrock of the faith, the the original sin thing. That to me, I'm just like, if that is your foundation, like I can't even go any further than that. Like the idea that. She had to have not, you know, had sex in order for her son to be good, or for her <laughs> to be her good, husband, or really, or I guess he was it just, her fiance or something. It just to me, exactly. Yeah, to me, it's like a, it's, it's just a flawed, it's a flawed premise. Mm. So. There's just, yeah, I, I get you. That's like the hang up I have with a lot of the whole structure of Christianity or anything. It's still like there's just so much stuff baked in. Yeah, that like I either just have to you know, throw it out and like pick a couple threads to keep on and just be like, these are my things and yeah. I'm kind of a part of this, but I'm not. Or or I just have to like hope it dies, you know? <laughs> and like there's so many other organizations that are don't have baked in 
patriarchy, racism, et cetera, right. that I can put energy into and like live in that world rather than try to affect the change. That's something maybe beyond saving, you know? Yeah, I yeah. think that's true. And it's, you don't realize how many messages, you know, I thought about like if I had kids, like would I send them to a, Catholic, to a religious school or raise them in, in religion? And I think as a woman, or you know, no, as anybody, like you're, you're, from day one, you're absorbing all these messages of about like, you know, who's worthy and who's not and, you know, what sex is and um, the value of it or like the shame and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just, you know, when you learn about the hierarchy and seeing like the, <laughs> the women just aren't allowed to be leaders, the, the you know, as, at, at the same level yeah, yeah. that men are, um, you just are baking that in to kids, you know, girls are seeing it boys are saying it like you're just it's you're baking it in at such a, a it's like you wouldn't send you I would hope I wouldn't send my kid to like a private school that's like you know well we don't let any of the women be administrators you know like <laughs> yeah. not that that's true at catholic school but it is the same kind of idea mm-hmm. so I don't know or you just don't talk about it but you'll just notice that all the teachers are men you exactly. know or something like that like that just becomes your baseline whether how no matter how progressive you are or whatever like it's just the world you're in yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, the four pillars of what makes faith or systems or hierarchies like this untenable for people, I feel like they're so common, are sex and whether that's purity culture stuff or just like weird baggage or gender politics around sex, it's literal gender politics with women, it's uh, queer people and how the queer community is treated within Mm -hmm. these places. And then what's the fourth, if you would say, to make it a perfect four? Oh. Those are the big three, though, to me. And chocolate. <laughs> That's the fourth. Carbs. <laughs> Fruits, vegetables. The Eucharist is a little naughtier this Sunday. I don't know. Probably like racism or capitalism. Like, sure. Maybe. Low column A, low column B. But I feel like. Now you have five columns. Sorry. <laughs> no, they're one and the same. Racism and capitalism are inextricably linked in this, in this very <laughs> good example. Perfect four columns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I feel like it's always going to be that. So, like, of course, of course that's the case. Of course, until those things are fully out of the. But, which is like, when's that going to be? When's that New York Times headline say the date is? That was from October of this year. It was like five years ago. And it's uh, like, now it's good. Yeah. So Yeah. I'm so curious about all the, um, maybe even the, like the less conservative nuns that are out there that mm-hmm. are smart women who probably like, well, the best leadership position I could see myself getting to is being a nun where you mm-hmm. have so much autonomy, especially in like olden days like way before feminist movements were big you know like for a lot of nuns it was just a way out of becoming mom and child care person right right i mean yes and i think some probably didn't really have a say in it they were kind of sent Mm. there or or whatever um i think there's like lots of reasons but it's it's strange because i know that growing up i and especially at my high school i saw these these women who were so intelligent and like just doing all this amazing stuff like being leaders running the school but then there was like one priest that had to come in and like make decisions and stuff pretend to run them and it was just like i just it's just a weird kind of dichotomy that i observed of like well wait a minute why are you why do you dedicate your life to this structure um that says you you are less than when you're obviously not yeah and like i'm not here to judge that feminism but i just don't think it makes sense and i I was part of the school newspaper in high school. Actually, I forgot about this until just now. And um, I was assigned when we would write editorials, and sometimes it, the moderator would assign you editorials, and he'd be like, "Why don't you write about this? Why don't you write this?" And I got 
one of the things he assigned me was to uh, to write an editorial about why gay people shouldn't be able to get married. And I don't know. I did not know any gay people. I didn't know anything. I have no idea. I just was like, I just don't think that that's true. I don't agree with that. You know. So even with that relationship, you felt it. Like, I just internally. I like, just knew. I was like, I don't agree with this. And I remember like wrestling with it and wrestling with it and like having to go to go back to Mr. Ronzoni was his name, and just like it was such a hard thing to say. And I was just like, I just don't think I. Could. And I, you know what? I think that one of the reasons I felt this way is because fucking Will and Grace. I really think I just was like, nah. Whatever. <laughs> a lot of TV characters that, help I, to find help you find real, a little bit of a moral compass. I just was yeah. like, yeah, I can't. Um, I just don't feel comfortable writing that. And he's just like, oh, okay, you don't have to. <laughs> like, I oh. thought it was going to be a thing. And then I said, I don't know if it was that same meeting, but I was like, I'd really like to write an editorial about why um, it, women should be allowed to be priests. And that was a scandal for Ooh. old Christine Nangle. He wrote it? Like, you, they published it and everything? They or? had like, to, like, figure it out. Because this is like, you know, like I said, archdiocesan. This is super, super in the hierarchy. And what they decided was I was allowed to write it. But, the, you know, the, I wrote, like, you know, the, the, this part that was, like, a quarter of the page. And then the rest was going to be Father Kelly's like rebuttal. rebuttal of what the Catholic Church said. Mm. And that was, like, three-fourths of the page. Oh, my goodness. And, um, on so, many sides. And I was like, okay, sure. Yes, on many sides. <laughs> Literally three times what you could say about it. <laughs> and, I wrote, and I wrote it, and, um, like, I remember being super nervous, and it came out. And, like, you know, and... I remember there's this one nun that I – or not nun. She was uh, not a nun. She was a layperson. And she, I thought she was so smart. She was like an intellectual. And I thought that was so cool. Mm-hmm. And she was kind of stern. She, she reminded me of like Lilith Stern from, from Cheers. Ooh, and, um, that was formative for me. She like – her name was <laughs> Tracy. And I saw her in the hallway. And she – it was like in the middle. It was like during change of class. And she was like, Christine, can I talk to you for a second? I saw your editorial in the paper. And I was like, yes. And she's like, I, I was going to talk to Mr. Ronzoni about it. Um, but since you're here, I should, I'm just going to talk to you. And I was like, okay. She's like, I mean, I honestly, I just have one thing to say. And she leans over and she whispers in my ear, you go, girl. And just walks away. Like disappears. What a moment. <laughs> it was I such, just got chills. Christine. It was such a moment for me. Like, it was just, it was just like these little guideposts that kind of like show oh you you're going gosh. in that direction. Oh. It was so cool. Someone just be like, yeah. Yeah, things See, like there that. There have to be so many nuns that feel that way, right? Uh, that are like quietly yeah. raging against this because weird they're doing the shit thing. work. They're doing yeah. so much of the shit work, um, and maybe I'm not saying they have to want to be a priest, but th- just the fact that they, they the are not allowed. Yeah, just be like uh, you're innately not competent for a top job. You know, also, even if you wanted it, and even yeah. the the top jobs part of the the top job is telling people they can't use condoms. So, like, I don't even know if that's like a job <laughs> you should want. They want, but. Um, but yeah, it was nuns were you super formative girl. to us. I had a cousin, my dad's cousin was a nun. Um, but yeah. Wow. I mean, what are some things from the faith do you, do you feel like that you still hold on to now, if anything at all? Um, I mean, it definitely gave you a heart for like justice. And it sounds like it gave you a heart for things adjacent to volunteering or caring about the poor, even if the church didn't do it in the perfect way at the time. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's... Um, I wish I did more actual action, um, but it opened my eyes to kind of just a lot of different issues and like the role of advocacy. It kind of, I think I was always frustrated with the what the idea of the quote pro-life and what that, that, you know, how it was so disappointing to see like the advocacy for, you know, anti-abortion advocacy, but then like 
not anti, you know, not a, the same amount of anti-death penalty or um, anti-war and just being like, well, what does pro-life mean? Mm-hmm. And that idea of like pressing people to say what, be be with who they say they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've really held that, held that and kept that. That's, that's a really powerful thing too. And that's such a good intention with every conversation is like, you can believe what you believe, but like, let's call it what it is. Yes. And let's actually... If you are who you say you are, let's agree upon the terms mm-hmm. of what that is. Even like now when I get into conversations with people who are, because I I know people who are Christians that are not affirming of queer people. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about it, my goal is never to change their minds anymore because I don't think it's going to happen. That happens like such a different, they're in such a different reality than me. I don't want to engage them on that. But I what I do want them to do is say what the belief is like nakedly and plainly and not in a way where it's like because people have gotten really good in 2019 about like well let's have a larger conversation about sexuality or let's have a larger conversation about like what it means to serve blah 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 and like lard it up with these like really evasive kind of 40 chess movie language where it's like I don't think that's what we're talking about. I think we're talking about xyz so let's say xyz right right where it's like you think this person is lost or confused or in flagrant moral opposition to the most powerful thing in the world. Right. Like basically based on their attraction. You don't think like, ooh, let's have a conversation. It's actually just that. So I'm not going to change your mind, but just tell me that that is the case. Right. And people have a hard time doing that, I think. Yeah. So that like desire, I think is so good to be able to just like... Okay, if this is who you are, this is who you are. But let's say yeah, what it is. If you're pro life, you know, fine. You don't want you don't want anti you don't want abortion to be on the table. And I try I don't use the term pro life. Mm-hmm. I try to use anti abortion, and I'm such a bitch about it. Anytime mm-hmm. someone says pro life, but um, like okay, so then great. So you know, women can't have abortion. So what are you what What's your plan for you know parental leave? What's your plan for daycare? What's your plan for like economic know, security? Economic security. <laughs> yeah. Do you adopt? Uh, are you going to adopt? Yeah. What are these you, children? It's so. so you and, must care about Black Lives Matter, also. Exactly. You, know, you don't want anyone getting shot, right? Right. Randomly right. By right. So, uh, you know, so. I, but I didn't notice a bumper sticker that wasn't you know <laughs> a dead baby on your on your or yeah. not uh, dead fetus. Um, I was just thinking as you were talking about those things, like how maybe like the church gave you this double-edged sword of being like morality, we're going to hand that to you. And then what they forget, I think a lot of time with kids who are purists is like, oh, well, morality to you. And they like, <laughs> like slice you back with it too right. of like, oh, well, you just taught me that there's a way out of this or there's a right and a wrong. So I'm now like so much more aware and like on guard too for what's right in this world. I mean, I th- I hope that that's true for a lot of people. I, unfortunately, I think that a lot of people, there's people that just, they just hear the the uh, rule the rule book. Right, and just accept as And then just accept totally, that yeah. rather than like the spirit of mm-hmm. of what, you know, this whole thing was, was started to, to be. Sure. Um, what do you think of God now? Do you think about God now? Um... I don't know. I I think about like I guess God in a sense for me is just a the word that I use that means the thing that means the same thing to a lot of people, which is just like energy or strength or um, comfort. And I think I'm I'm getting more comfortable like listening to the um, CD. <laughs> I bought the CD, the vinyl. Right? <laughs> you did? No, <laughs> how chic. Listening to it today, I was like, you know, I think. 
maybe 10, 15 years ago, I would have like had a like real reaction to this, like the fact that it was all super, super religious. But I was like, no, it's it's you know, it's providing comfort. It's fine, you know. But I think it's because I'm able to redirect it and be like, well, this is what I when people talk about Jesus, like oh, this is gonna sound so LA, but I I read The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, and he his whole thing is like and I think this is probably true of a lot of philosophers that like a lot of these faith leaders are saying the same thing when they talk about God, like from any faith. And it just means like a certain kind of universal energy or just like um, what's a, like surrender to the present moment. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think that you can just use whatever words you want to mean that. And so hearing things or reading things that maybe mention some sort of organized religion or some sort of prescribed God, like I can think like, okay, I can understand for me that that connects to this other thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that you can translate better. You can now. translate it. And yeah. you can have like compassion for may like, like you were saying 10 or 15 years in the past, you would have been like, well, fuck that. But now it can be more like, I understand what you're getting at. And I think I agree with you on maybe this. And we have like actually a, a Venn diagram of what we're both going after. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would describe it as uh, rather than everyone works for the Coke Corporation. It's just like we all like soda a little bit, right? Who doesn't have a good soft that? drink, a beverage? I thought you. I thought you were going to get into the Coke Brothers and like all their bullshit. <laughs> we all love Halliburton. Oh, well, that yeah, that that is a church we I go to. Hate evolution, Caroline. We can't talk about the Coke Brothers again. It's the third week in I a row. I love them. Also, you don't Your T-shirt is inappropriate. It. it says Coke yes, bitch on it. I know. Yeah. It's, nope. Daddy's number one Coke bitch. It sucks. Yeah. I regret buying. There's, and there's the Daddy's like, is like two daddies. Yeah. Yeah, there's like a Coke brother on each boob, and then you have a, a Sharpie on a string around your neck, and you're yeah. asking people to circle the Coke the brother that you I like. I'd rather you them? not. No, 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 no. Those are actually cute. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. you changed my mind. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing your story. Sure. I, yeah. It's funny. So I will say, like, there. maybe this is what I was thinking of earlier. Like, this is the kind of corny stuff that... I was like so ashamed of, you know, as, when you try to get, when you get older and you try to be cool and like getting into comedy and seeing all these people that have these cool stories, it just like totally hid this like good school, like obedient kid, like aspect of myself. And then I started like <laughs> seeing people really like share like their ridiculous, nerdy, like childhood stories or like these kind of stuff. And so I think it's really cool that people who, don't want to be like so over it, like start to talk about these things and can talk about them from a place of like, yeah, no, this really happened. And it meant to me, it meant a lot to me at the time and it formed who I am. Like, I don't agree with it now, but like, yeah, it also helped me be better at comedy, you know? Yeah, it's totally yeah. It's, to not have to hide that. It's like, so well, you nice. have to have reverence for it on some level because it's all a part of it. Sure. And you can't deny it's like, it's like breaking up with someone. You can't say, well, that was just the monstrous, most monstrous person in the world. That's not true. You're with them for a reason. Mm -hmm. And there was bad stuff and there's a reason maybe you were incompatible, but it's not like you're such a different person now. You're the same person as maybe grown and involved in a different way. Like some stuff about it, yeah. Yeah, and it's all a gift. That said, I feel like I do need to downplay what this podcast is to people every time I have to tell (laughs) them about it. Because they'll be like, oh, what's the name of it? And then I'm like, well, you know, don't. Uh, stay with me. Uh, it's called Good Christian Fun, but it's like, you know, it's just more about this. Well, this whatever. one is Good yeah. Christmas Fun. That's right. <laughs> That's Maybe I should just start people. saying that. It's barely that. about Christian. So you just say Good Christmas Fun? Yeah. I, do, I should just not say the name anymore. It's like, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just it's not helpful because I need to give it a bunch of context.
context. And usually people are fine with it either way. But a lot of times it's been strangers where I was like, I don't want the Ooh. first thing for you to think about me is I run like a Sunday service devotional podcast, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> sure. like, but don't worry. I'm actually really cool. <laughs> yeah. It's, and often a it's like in show. a professional environment too. And That's I'm just like, tough. I don't need you to know this all about me. When now. people ask me the, sh- the name of this show, I often say armchair expert. We just sound a little <laughs> bit different on mic than we do in real life. <laughs> and I'm Dax. Yeah, that's right. You're Dax and I'm Monica for sure. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. God. It is funny. Like the, when people find out that I went to Catholic school, it, it's like, it's not uncommon in the comedy world to have, uh, you know, Irish Catholics yeah. you know, have insane stories. Mm-hmm. Um when I mention especially, well, I said like it was a Catholic school or that I went to an all-girls Catholic high school, which, by the way, I did not realize until after I was out of high school that that was like a sexualized thing. I had no idea. The Catholic school girl the thing? Ca- I, like, I just didn't have oh, a sense of yeah. it. Um, but like now, even up until like a few months ago, I, I mentioned that I went to Catholic school and someone made a joke like about like, ooh. Hot. And I was just like, dude, like. You're talking about me as a kid. That ju- has Ooh. just dawned on me also. They're like, that's a disgusting, sexy Do stereotype. Because guys- those girls are no older than like 17, uh, maybe 18. Yeah. yeah. That's not going anywhere. Ew. Oh. <laughs> but like, it's just the idea that like people still want to make that joke. And I'm just like, oh, oh just. Yeah and, yeah. and you're also like, I was like, not, you know, just probably not that. Search it on your own somebody. later yeah. tonight. Really like, leave me story. out of your thing. <laughs> do you guys think Hit Me Baby One More Time had a yes. lot to do with calcifying that? Yes. As like huh. a Absolutely. genre of kink or like sexual interest or something? She was in a co-ed school, though. I wonder if it was Well, just Catholic. that she was in. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't th- I, don't think, I don't think they were thinking about, well, the leadership. They're like peering at all the like, office windows see, and yeah, doors. Yeah, the sinner's prayer on I the think, back wall. I think that that was, yes, that was the thing that brought it into the main, 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 mainstream. Yeah. Was sexy was, baby? Yes, big, huge way, in a huge way. It was a big hmm. wave of, for sexy. Now baby. the weird thing for me is like I saw the music video first before understanding that that was a Catholic schoolgirl uniform. So I did think later on like, oh, they're dressed like Britney, like right, when you right. see the movies and TV <laughs> sure, shows and sure. stuff. The Britney outfit. Yeah, I guess the Britney outfit's real popular. Wow, this they've school. been doing the Britney thing since the forties. Interesting. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, let's take a break, and we'll be right back with more good Christmas fun. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit. Even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, wow. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. 
HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. You know who's not a murderer? Amy Grant. <laughs> we don't know that. <laughs> well, I hope Oh, wait, not. hold on. I got it. I I murdering like, my while I was driving. sadness. Oh, my <laughs> Okay, keeping that in. Welcome back to Good <laughs> Christmas it. Fun. It's time to dive in. <laughs> so we're talking about Amy Grant, A Christmas to Remember. Her third of four Christmas albums. Listen, I've had a few Christmases I want to forget. Okay. But not this one. This one might be a Christmas for me to forget this year. I'm not going home. <laughs> For sure. For sure. You decided? I mean, it's in a couple of days. I'm pretty for sure I'm well, not going no, home. No, not as we're speaking now. Yeah. Oh. Hey. And this so comes sad. out in two days, so it's still Is this your first case. Christmas you haven't been home? First Christmas I have not flown home, no. Whoa, where's home for you? Well, home now is no home because mm. my parents in Oklahoma, my brother's in Texas, my sister's in Colorado. So oh, wow. it was like a Sophie's Choice of which one of them to kill for Christmas <laughs> and which Midwest one to go home state. to. You're yeah. go to her West so I think I'm going to try to do the equivalent of Friendsgiving for Christmas this year if mm -hmm. I can find it out here. Okay. So we'll see. Still on the hunt. I do have an idea of how to look for it. Um, and I thought it might not be funny enough or it might be too problematic. I was going to do like <laughs> the card scene in Love Actually on my Instagram stories oh. where it's like, <laughs> at Christmas you tell the truth and the truth is I'm looking for a home or oh, something like that. I think that's that. funny. I don't know. I this thought is, it might be too sad. This is why I think you should not do that. Mm -hmm. Not because it's too sad, but because people that you don't want to hang out with are going to offer. offer. And, I'll be and like, then you're going to have to be like, oh, I'm oh, busy. Actually, but then they know that yes. you're not busy. And they're going to check your stories on yeah. Christmas well, Day. Well, this would be a close friends thing. It would not just be blasted <laughs> out to all the... I would pre -vet You can connect. Oh, I don't, I'm not on Instagram. How many people are in your close friends, though? 404. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're talking about Amy Grant's Christmas album, but for general, like, Christian media and stuff, did you listen to anything or watch anything growing up in Catholic school? In church? Yeah, it was, we didn't have as much uh, of the like Christian specific things that I think other people did, but I do remember like Michael W. Smith, is that <gasps> oh, a sure. friend's yeah, song? Yeah. Oh yeah, um, he wrote one of the songs on this very album as well. Which song. one? He wrote the last one. Agnes Day. Agnes oh, okay. Day. This one, Friends. He and Amy have also had like a long term Oh, relationship, friendship. That's and her I on backing vocals. Yeah. yeah, it's horny. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Mm -hmm. Friends can be horny too. We would. So whenever we had like these events with these organizations, that when they had dances, mm -hmm. this would always be the last song that would play, and Aww. everyone would stand in a circle and like sway. Oh, I love so it. I think it's a great tradition. <laughs> it, it was just like this thing where like you just. When you started getting involved in these organizations, you saw that that's what other people, that's what the older kids did. So then you started doing yeah. it and it just became this weird. And I remember like several times being in that circle, just thinking, I don't want to be here, but this is what we're supposed to do. 
This is our this heritage is how parties and our end. legacy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh man. We, I, should I end this at the end of all my parties that I throw? <laughs> Make everyone. It is a this. really good kind of like get out of my house song, you know? <laughs> Just crank like, run the lights up. up. No one can right. be like carry on a fun We're conversation done. like you're doing games. Just Just drown people out with the volume. What's that? You get new boots? Uh, yes. <gasps> wow. I did. No more holes. It, I my others had a hole in them, Kevin. so it was a practical. Are what? these your Christmas shoes? <laughs> oh, God, God, I hope not. You know that song. Can I tell you my my take on yes, Christmas ma'am. shoes? Of course. What if Jesus hated the shoes? <laughs> oh, interesting take. <laughs> she gets to heaven. Jesus is like, girl. Like, mm, <laughs> not my thing. Those belong Bye. downstairs. Not my size either. He sends her down. down. <laughs> and then she went to hell where her shoes were more welcome. <laughs> Gracious. Uh, as far as Christmas music goes, what did you <laughs> yeah. guys listen to growing up? Uh, we were big on the John Denver uh, Christmas album. Mm-hmm. Are you are you familiar with that? Uh, is that the one with the Muppets? That was one of them. Okay. But then there's another one that's called... <laughs> what? What? Um, Aspen. What a catalog. What is it called? Rocky Mountain Christmas? Yeah, I think it's just Rocky Mountain Christmas. But there's a song called Please Daddy Don't Get Drunk This Christmas oh my on gosh. it that is really fun. Please. It's a fun song. Yeah, for us it was. I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of fun ways to cope with your grief. That's true. It's, yes. it's just like a. It's played for comedy. That like it's not like Daddy a, don't knows. slug us. What did he do? <laughs> he knocked, he knocked like over the Christmas tree or something. Oh, okay. Um, but then there's just some other nice songs on there. Um, I like that. Yeah, and then we have a, a tradition of watching. We used to watch White Christmas, and then it it morphed into watching. Uh, Muppet Christmas Carol is the is the honestly one. a, movie I've a never better seen. film. <gasps> You've never, I've seen, never it. seen a Muppet Bitch, Christmas what? Carol. Yeah, well, now you know what to do with your four hundred four friends. It's so friends. good. Do you know my favorite Christmas Carol? Is? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Thank you. I know. I need to start a new tradition. Maybe maybe that's what I'll do this year. It's really with my good. friends and some my family because my family is not into the Muppets. So oh, that's no. and that's always been a real struggle oh, for wow. us. I know. Why? I remember watching. Are you one, sure you're related? I watched the Jason Siegel one with my mom, and she fell asleep during it. What is she, her? That's it. <laughs> what is it? That's oh. my favorite Christmas Carol. <laughs> <laughs> it's a solid bit. Shouts out to all of our listeners sure, who sure, Christmas sure. Caroled their friends and family Did you this post season. Mine? No, because it wasn't funny. Enough. They showed a photo. They they showed a photo of uh, this is for all the Nangang yes. members joining in and Nangang. being Welcome like, back. "Why is she not being funny and talking about food?" <laughs> it was a photo of uh, Kate Blanchett from the movie Carol from Carol, Carol twenty fifteen. Uh-huh. Yes, a wonderful period drama. Uh, okay, Muppet Christmas Carol will be on the list. It's so good. I have it me- completely memorized, Ooh. forwards and backwards. I've been lucky enough to meet a few Muppets, and it Ooh. is like you. You know, you're just there. Just there's nothing, and then all of a sudden, there's this like this being right in front of you, and wow. obviously the puppeteers are amazing, and they're they're really good at the voice and improvising, and they're super funny in character. Oh, wow. But like you just, for me as someone who grew up loving the Sesame Street and the Muppets, like I cr- I just cried when I met um, I met. Well, we would know him as Cookie Monster, but it oh. was in it was in Abu Dhabi. It was the Arab language Sesame Street, so it was, it was um, what's his name? Kaki. It's it's Kaki. Cookie Monster's Kaki. cousin. Oh. Um, it's a long story. I was teaching 
this thing and no we picked it up from context uh, i know i was like on? as i started talking about like, oh so god now like, i have to say i was in abu dhabi that sounds monster. like now, now this is but i just like, i just like started crying i was just see he was there and you're like oh my god you really can't like i couldn't like couldn't control it it's just like a being that i've yeah yeah forget a celebrity a puppet person though like underneath that you forget it no no i would fully weep you forget it immediately they're they're so like they're That's so realistic, amazing. and if you have some f- sort of emotional connection to it already, it's it's yeah. I don't get starstruck, but like with those guys, I guess. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's a bucket list thing oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, a Christmas to remember, though, is the other <laughs> such <laughs> Christmas a beautiful, album a beautiful that we're vibe. talking about. Yeah. Do you have any like? Do you guys? We've talked about it before, but Christine, do you seek out like new? Christmas music every year, just go back to the old standards and stuff. I don't seek out new music period at all. (laughs) Not interested in music. (laughs) Not really. I'm really not. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I'm bad at that kind of conversation. It makes me feel bad. But like, I did my spot. Stop looking at me, Caroline. Are you (laughs) like that too? Nodding your head. (laughs) Do I make you feel bad about music? Uh, what happened earlier when I didn't know who was singing the song that we played? I thought that was a fun thing. I don't yeah. care if you know yeah, Bruce know. Springsteen yeah, or not. Fine. Now, if you didn't know Kermit, that'd be different. <laughs> <laughs> I was Bruce and battered. That would be wild. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think I like it, but it's never like enough. Like I'm not like into all the names or anything. <laughs> I yeah. think I like music. Yeah, I'm still, when I meet like a music music person, I'm like, oh, okay. You can leave me behind. Like we're good. Same. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. it's, just, it's not like a priority for me to know all the new stuff. Like I can totally enjoy it and I won't. I like live music in general. I'll mm-hmm. go see anything. But like I don't have a like an encyclopedic knowledge of, of mm-hmm. what's cool. I remember I was at a bar few years ago just ordering a drink and this guy i guess i guess was hitting on me and he was just like asked me what my favorite band was <laughs> and i just i was like immediately annoyed and i just was like completely dumbstruck by the question because i had no answer because i just was like i just haven't thought about it in years and i, and I for some reason <laughs> i said the cure <laughs> which i was really into for a while yeah but i just said the cure and he <laughs> very unfortunately for me he had just been literally at a cure convention no. that day oh no like he couldn't oh, believe no. it he showed me like his little like oh, no. badge or whatever so he just and talked like, about the cure he for thought a really it was like this time. kismet like i've found my wife thing and, I and it was, was friday like, and he was in there <laughs> oh my god i showed him how to do a trick yeah so <laughs> it was just really like i just remember being like why didn't i say like any other band a polka band or something <laughs> truly i the only time i care about like ooh, am i well-rounded enough or do i know enough about this stuff is when I'm making a playlist for someone or making them a mix. Mm. And when I like have to go through, okay, where are the most meaningful? Because I don't want to be But it, that it. sounds like that's a thing that you do for people. That's Being a mix-making person is already a, enough of, is already mm-hmm. a thing. Mm-hmm. Sure. But oftentimes it's just like a gateway for like, you know, just like getting to know each other and stuff. It sounds like you're a flirting thing. Oh, oh I'm, sometimes it is, sure. Yeah. Sometimes it's just mixes for buddies. You can make a buddy mix. <laughs> no, you can't. I think you I can. I, you can. I'm kidding. You can. We made mixes for I'm each kidding. other. It was very kidding. platonic. And you have no idea what our relationship <laughs> no. is. He's pointing in my face. He's pointing in my face. Wait, the, when's the last time you guys made it? Not for a show. When's the last time you made a mix for somebody? Oh, probably like three years ago or three four years, years ago. ago. I need a mix. How about for you? I couldn't even tell you. Oh, okay. 
Okay, so yeah, it's just a different thing. It's just a different way of getting to know someone, I think. But that's when I like scroll through my favorites or my most played or the Spotify wrapped, the yeah. mortifying act that is looking through oh my your God. Spotify. Oh, is that the thing that was like end of the decade <laughs> yeah. thing? Oh my God. Where it's God. like, this is your most played artist, here's your most Who played Who is your song. most played? This year? Uh, my most played was Nicholas Bertel, the composer for Succession and Feel <laughs> Street Could Talk. Why are you playing so much of that? Is that like your chill uh, music? Well, you made a video of it, right? Of Succession. Did oh, I, oh, yeah. I did like a little melodica yeah, yeah. thing. It was did it was barely a video. But uh, I listened to the Beale Street Could Talk soundtrack a lot for mm. like writing and stuff mm. or like doing any work. So yeah. that just played on a loop over and over again. And then number two is Carly Rae Jepsen, <laughs> Phoebe <laughs> Bridgers, surprise. someone else. Bruce Springsteen, I think, was number five. That's Bruce cool. Springsteen was my number two. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. In or out on Western Stars. Did you listen to that? I did. I liked it. You liked it? Yeah. I liked it too. Um, my first one was ha- the Hades Town. Um, oh, the cast. Yeah, album. the original yeah. one from I think from DC. Oh, okay. Ooh. Well, my name wasn't yeah, Taylor was Swift. No, it <laughs> wasn't. That? Of course, it wasn't. Mm. Wait, I thought your number one was Rihanna. Uh, yeah, but like Taylor Swift was like my most played album or something like that. Lover? It was like embarrassing. Yeah, whatever it was. That's not embarrassing. That's not, I think That's it was over the fine. course of several years too. I was like, I don't think I liked Taylor Swift this much, and it just was like real high on the <laughs> Billy list. Billy Joel was on my freaking like <laughs> decade list. That I could seems not cooler. It. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I it's very white. I, I I feel like it's like that kind of thing we were just saying. I was just saying about like being able to talk about these weird christian roots mm-hmm. like i think there's like people are like willing to be like and taylor swift is my artist of the decade <laughs> <laughs> let me talk about it for comedy's sake like uh, it's just part of me rather just, than it's kind of hiding truth. it a yeah. nice thing to do without shame yeah much like Miss Amy Graham. <laughs> so this is 99 right this is 1999 uh this is like there's two original songs on here, and then just a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah, bunch of what, covers, what like, some instrumental stuff. What was going on stuff. in Amy Grant's life at this time? Uh, I think I think there was some uh, affair controversy around this was time. Was this post affair? Who or did like, she have an affair with? So she. Well, it's not confirmed that she had the affair. First right, of but all. she had a divorce and left her husband and uh, married Vince Gill, who was an established country. Singer like a and year star. after, you know, so it wasn't like but it was it was in the raising, 90s. but it was for like Christian people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, she also did have a uh, Christmas special on CBS for this in 1999, and it does co-star 98 Degrees. Wow. And Cece Wyanans and Tony Bennett. Uh, Kevin make sent me a link to that uh, video, and I was not prepared to see Nick sure. Lachey singing at the dinner table with her. It's <laughs> a really weird scene. No, it's yeah. very odd. But this was like, you know, <laughs> there was still some star to capitalize on I at feel like time. I'm at TJ Maxx right now. <laughs> with that. No, it's an easy listening yeah. anthem. It's song so corny. Just, it's, it's a whole it's lot of... A whole lot pretty of pleasant wallpaper in, <laughs> in some regard. Christmas it seems like every every line of these song of the original songs can be the uh, name of a lifetime Christmas movie. Oh sure. Oh, let's go through it. Christmas can't be very far away. <laughs> Christmas lullaby. I will lead you home, Mister Santa. <laughs> till the season comes round again. I would love to see Gabriel's oboe. The movie. What's <laughs> <laughs> well, called the mission? Do you know what that song is? No. So this is this was confounding to me. Oh, this part? Yeah. Yeah, because I was like, oh, what's everybody's conception of Gabriel's famous instrument? 
the oboe right. The <laughs> angel like, Gabriel like, played what? the oboe when he appeared to yeah. Mary. So this is from a movie called The Mission in 1986. Oh, okay. It's an Ennio Morricone song. Oh, wow. Yeah, the, the famous Italian composer guy. Oh. And it's based on Father Gabriel's oboe in the movie as played by Jeremy Irons. I believe. Oh, so that's oh. the Gabriel. It's not yeah. like the angel Gabriel. So, but the question stands, what's it doing here? Also, mm-hmm. 11 years after that movie came Why out Why are we listening to it? Yeah, like, I mean, it's pretty. It's a piece she liked and was like, throw it on the album. <laughs> <laughs> I dig Enya Morricone. <laughs> I love him. Yeah, this was her equivalent of like having a guest verse from like a rapper. Yeah. <laughs> it's having a Morricone. Oh, then we also get like the kind of... Uh, the Titanic lower deck cue. Yes. In Highland Cathedral. Highland. This comes out of nowhere in this mm-hmm. album. It's just in the middle of the album. There's a bagpipe song. No lyrics, just the instrumental. Mm-hmm. And I really like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a pleasant surprise! Then how nice. Okay, I do want to play. I I do feel the need and necessity to play, at least a little bit from her. Uh, from her. <laughs> Christmas special. Great. Okay, here we it's, go. Wait, can you pause it real quick? Yes. Just for, for those who maybe haven't listened last year or a little unversed in the Amy verse. Oh, yes. Let's break it down. Christmas is like Amy's lane. This is like her time to shine. Sure. She does a Christmas tour for like the month of December every year. Wow. Like with Michael Day W. Smith. Her with Will There Won't They Boo. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And they tour. That's where that W stands for. Like, <laughs> it was will Tennessee Christmas they? really launched things for her and that still plays in grocery stores. And it's just Wait, somehow Tennessee Christmas. Oh, okay. Um, and she, I mean, she had a whole career before all the Christmas stuff, but I think Christmas has like remained her crossover <laughs> Hits or yeah, like but that second thing. album was huge. It sold like nine million copies or something like insane. Yeah, at Home the for time. Christmas. No, it's the, the se- oh yeah, it was Home for Christmas. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think it's like Chris. People are okay feeling corny at Christmas. Like they're okay with that with corniness. Yeah, That's right. and like a little bit, a little bit more Christian than yeah. normal. And yeah. part of part of my take on the on the listening to the album was that. The word Christmas doesn't sound great when when sung like slowly, especially. <laughs> it's like Christmas, Mas. and so you have to make a choice as a singer to say like Christmas, Christmas, or like Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. Christmas. And like I hate the way that she says it. <laughs> Whatever choice she makes, I don't like it. Christmas. My favorite. There is a speaking of. Our guy, there's a great Springsteen performance of Blue Christmas where he sings it. I'll have a blue crimmer without <laughs> oh you. Boy. So you just skip the S problem yeah. entirely. Why there's not? like the barely any consonants in there. Grimma. With all these Christmas songs, you have to find like an, yet another way to sing the word jingle or say. Mm-hmm. Like, and so why not? Like, why not? Why not? So uh, I, I think... Because of that, we return to her, and also it's why like these albums seem like kind of strange and superfluous, but they work, and she just keeps getting to sell them and gets to ride that coattail. Well, and on that second one, you had Breath of Heaven, you had Grown Up Christmas. Yeah, list. there were like some we standards. Had, yeah, some actual like came new out of that. sort of CCM standards. This one, there's nothing. I don't know about uh, this one. <laughs> like a lot of. Well, oh wait, uh, so you're gonna play Amy Grant's Christmas special? Oh, I do. I just was this the one we watched. No. Together one no, time? no, no, no. Oh, this is the one that came out one? for this album in 1999. Okay, great. <laughs> it's, just her, it's just her fully lip syncing in a field somewhere. That's a 
really watching shot. where she's stepping too. <laughs> she's like in a gorgeous mountain valley, the lake. It's horrible. It's not. It's not what you want, is it? <laughs> but we're about to get into the real adventure here. Okay, she's pulled up to a hotel. My first guest. Looks like 98 degrees. She's got a camcorder. Looks like 98 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> 98 degrees is getting out of an SUV wearing turtlenecks and pea coats. And a bucket hat. Selfie. 98 degree selfie. This is so cute. <laughs> so bizarre. So it's a lot of this and just a lot of her... Having a fake dinner with 98 degrees. Oh, my gosh. My favorite part of that fake dinner was um, one of them was going on about how he used to be an EMT. <laughs> and then she kind of like didn't know how to wrap it up, but they had to wrap it up. And so she just says, like, well, you all have a very special energy to you. <laughs> oh. Well, it starts with the acapella, like, pentatonics. Just sitting at a table singing. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, did you guys not do this with your families? Oh no, I did this. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did it too. That's not did the you weird part. <laughs> this seemed improvised. I saw too. 98 Degrees live. <laughs> I did. Oh, cool. Houston, Texas, in 1998. Shortly thereafter, the special. No, I do want to get to the because she does kind of do like a little interview thing with them. You ever have any other job besides singing? Oh, yeah. Plenty of yeah. odds and ends jobs. Ones, huh? All right, like deliver, what's deliver the worst pizza. Okay. Yep, that probably. <laughs> I bet he didn't. I bet that's not true. I was a pizza boy. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. We used to. I delivered pizzas and they were 98 degrees hot. They were hot. They were very lukewarm. 98 degrees Celsius. It was wow. 40 pounds bigger back then. She's like, oh. And I do recommend people watch this on YouTube. It's kind of a downer because it's somewhere, you know, we're very family oriented guys and it's something we like to do is be home but you guys have you really have a great spirit about you there it is <laughs> and i i do think we should conclude interviews on this show with like christine you really did <laughs> that sounds like that. such an insult like i'd be like oh i must have been horrible like i had nothing else to say <laughs> you had you, have a you energy you occupied space <laughs> oh wow tonight that's a, that's a thing to oh, say christine, she had a she had a great spirit about her <laughs> Like, she's ugly. There's I'm so curious, many. Like, whose publicist reach out to who to be like, we're gonna make this, we're gonna synergize this, ed- these two together. Well, the wiki for this is like, and then after that, 98 Degrees career was never the same. <laughs> like they got the Grant Bup in 1999. Oh yeah, they must have been positioning themselves as like kinda Christian friendly at the, that point. Yeah, I mean, it's like dating Jessica Simpson at some point. Sure, and yeah, then, yeah, yeah. They almost been not quite. Mm-hmm. It's it's. I always my my. I have remember with Amy Grant, like I remember we, my mom had her cassette, mm-hmm. and like I just oh this is my opinion, and I did not try to be mean. Like I always thought that, that like I never thought she was a good singer. Well, be like, careful. I, okay, I, I know. I thought. Watch like, your step. I just remember thinking <laughs> she just sounded not as strong as other singers, and I was just like thinking that it would she would go away. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm, I know that sounds so negative. No, and like I know. Mean, but like, no, I, just, I agree. Every time I hear her stuff, I'm like, she's not a great singer. So what yeah, do we like? About I, there's nothing her. to yeah. me that for her because she's so vanilla that that's like particularly charismatic enough that I'm like cool with her not being a great singer. Like, so I just never kind of got the appeal other than like you can't hate her. Yeah. So like, here's a person we can all not hate. So why not? <laughs> 
Yeah, it's you a know? thin-voiced, nice lady who, right. with no scandals. Well, that wasn't, she's no got an amazing no scandals. <laughs> she's got a great face. Great po- her fa- she's got a good profile. Her mm-hmm. face, she's I very pretty. It yeah. sounds like what you're saying, Christine, is great gowns, beautiful gowns, <laughs> beautiful dresses. <laughs> as far as Amy Grant's uh, stuff goes. I am Aretha Franklin, <laughs> and she is. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this song. This is this might be a pet peeve for me. It is for you as well. This is so Listen upsetting to, to me. Who wrote this? This was whoever the original songwriters were for this back in the day. It wasn't like made specially for this. Mr. Santa is a song that goes way back though, I think. Because it's Mr. Sandman, but worse. <laughs> Pat Ballard. Pat Ballard wrote this song. Yeah, they they rewrote it as Mr. Santa in 1955. So Mr. Santa, I just felt crazy for, for like for a little while because I couldn't remember Mr. Sandman. And I was like, "What is this?" And then I did remember, and it was like, it's like an uncanny valley. Like yeah, I know this is like, wrong. I'm losing my mind. Y'all and ready then to get I don't understand why she did this. Like it bugs me so much. Well, here's what I don't want. I don't want adults singing to Santa. I like adults singing about Santa because mm. it's like, oh, they're like singing to kids or they're like entertaining dumb people or something. Yeah, she like embodies a child in this song too, Yeah, but right? I don't want it to be, y- you think Santa's the thing, like that yeah. you are having a dialogue. <laughs> I got you. With our big red guy in the North Pole. Especially like it's, there's lines in it that are cheeky, mm-hmm. like we washed our toesies or whatever the line is. Yeah, with a toothbrush. Well, that's part of life. It was a lot, of, <laughs> was a lot about life. hygiene. Yeah, and it was also <laughs> about the part about like really being concerned about Santa not getting sick. <laughs> Um, but it was just, like, too cheeky for her. Like, I could just picture her being like, wouldn't it be hilarious if I sang this song? Yeah, this is this is Amy Grant's version of a goof. Yes. This is her goof. A hoot and a holler. Yeah. Mr. Santa. The one song I do like, have we talked about this song, Welcome to Our World? I have an opinion on this song. What's your I opinion? No, I want to tell me why you like song, it. Yeah. So people might know this song is a Chris Rice song. He's a, He's the cartoons guy. Who wrote this? Yeah. I think we talked about this like a year or two ago. Okay. What do you mean he's a cartoons guy? He wrote a song about which cartoons are going to heaven and hell. What if, uh, what if cartoons what if they got, got saved? saved? <laughs> <laughs> like, a com- like a comedy song? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But that was his like... version of a goof. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Beavis and Butthead go to hell in that song. Yeah. Jeez. But this is something. What happens to Bart? What's that? What happens to Bart? Uh, Not featured. Elmer Fudd is good. Yeah, he, he doesn't in. touch Homer or Bart or Lisa, <laughs> oh, gosh. or Peter Griffin or any of those guys. So, what? So, what do you like about this song? I just like that it's a different perspective where it is like talking to a child. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was like from a songwriting perspective, a, an interesting way to go about it rather than like, and now we worship you forever. Yeah, and, and yeah. just like, oh, if he was a little kid, how would you talk to a little kid? Yes. Who like used to be got? It's just like an interesting story idea, almost. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm looking. I'm not. I'm looking at the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I just this song. It's weird to me. There's like, um, there's a line in it that's like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> "Welcome to our world, fragile finger sent to heal us, tender brow prepared for thorn." tiny heart whose blood will save us <laughs> and like if, I flagged that too if, if you think about like what's wrong with that all, <laughs> where, where'd that guy come from um, <laughs> hey I like it <laughs> alright sir me, the have silent a seat. engineer <laughs> <laughs> oh thanks for having me on yeah I like baby fingers <laughs> what baby hearts baby fingers tiny it's baby kind blood. of like when you think about 
and I know this isn't the point of the song, but like when you think about like a newborn is just like a little raisin that like can barely open its eyes and you're singing like, you're going to die for us someday. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just really strange to me. Like I think reveals a part to me of like the kind of the stuff I was talking about earlier of just like how absurd this like religion is that it's like this baby gets born and then it's like you're God you're God shouldering you're gonna die and it's gonna be good for me (laughs) Um, and it's just funny to me that this like white American lady has a line that says welcome holy child hope that you don't mind our manger (laughs) how I wish we would have known it's like a futon and and she forgot to put throw pillows on and I really don't like I agree like I like that it's like a different perspective it's coming from a different point of view but it just highlighted things that I hadn't thought oh, about. Yeah. I think it's morbid and creepy. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I know that's not the intent, of course, but it is weird to like talk to a child as if it, one, like Jesus, as if it na- naively doesn't know already. And then two, d- but then completely educated on its future <laughs> death, <laughs> like <laughs> right away. Jesus is like, what? Yeah. Mar- even Mary it's just was like, what are you <laughs> so One of those weird saying- things that like Christians have like with blood where we're just very casual about like the blood of Christ. Drink it. Talk about it. Love it. Thank right. you. Wash it over me. Hey, it's the shaking hands meme. Christians, Bre- uh, Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob Thornton <laughs> being weird blood. about blood Being stuff. weird about blood. <laughs> yeah. Like I think. I think, like, we forget sometimes. Like, you can't just casually talk about that. You know, no, about well, I mean, Catholics, baby. it's like you b- have to believe that you are eating actual <laughs> body and yeah. drinking his blood. Like, you, All you kinds have of to up. believe that. So you guys are saying, I'm the about. bad guy for whispering to my little nephew who's 10 months <laughs> old, you're going to bury your mommy, daddy. <laughs> you're going to bury me. And it's going to be sad for you. Yeah. And you might be divorced at that time. And oh you might God. have a bummer of a life. You're going to have a breakup someday. It could be worse. You could be G. You're going to get trampled on. The healthcare system is going to be a disaster for you. Climate change is going to ravage your Guess country. Guess what? You've got white privilege. Did you know that yet? <laughs> well, you're going to feel real bad about it it's, real soon. That's coming down the pipeline. And then we end with Angus T. Jones, Agnes Day. <laughs> now we're not, it's, Ang- wait, we wait, just Agnes skipped T. all the way through everything else? Yeah, well. Was going to the end? Yeah, Jingle Bell Rock. What are you going to say? Silent Nothing Night. To say about what are you going to say? Um, Christmas lullaby. What are you gonna say? Chris, I mean, I, you have to respect like that. People, it's got to be hard to write a Christmas song in general because everything's been said in every different way. The theme is so narrow. So there's that one about jingle bells, and they're just saying like jingle in a weird way over and over again. This is like, I mean, why not? Like, let's try this. But Christmas to remember, she's just naming like like she's looking around a room saying things she sees well if you guys were to write one what would you want to focus on would you want to make it like a last Christmas situation where it's more from a romantic bent would you want to say something about the world would you want it to it feels like like mm. at it least for the it could be expanded if I had to write a Christmas song the world <laughs> whoa yeah but it has to be kind of positive you know I think it would be like Mar- it would be about Mary control. from perspective of Mary and she would be bummed out that she didn't get to have sex. She's pregnant, but she doesn't. Ha- she didn't get that to have any of the fun. That's a song I'd like to hear. And she's and she's like, she's singing about how like she's gonna make up for this later. <laughs> <laughs> wait till like, next Christmas. Lost time. It's wait called till wait till next- till next Christmas. I love <laughs> this. Next Christmas. And then, but then the last chorus is, "I'm not waiting till next Christmas." I'm doing it now. Or like, she like takes the initiative. You can hear you know, her and Joseph winking. That's right. That's a different kind of horny Mary. Um, I, this song also Christmas to remember. 
I I was listening to it. I was like, it's so cheesy. She's just like listing items. Yeah. And yet I did kind of feel I was like in her perception <laughs> of Christmas. Sure. And it felt really nice. Yeah. And I was thinking about um like that Dolly Parton podcast where people get entranced about Dolly Parton talking about like the mountain village and the sure. stream and the moss. And all of a sudden you're like kind of nostalgic for a place you haven't been to. And right. that's how I feel listening to Amy Grant sing this song. I was like, I've never lived in a mansion with, you know, boughs of evergreen everywhere, but now I got to feel Wait, like I have. Is that how the song opens? Is she talks about the square footage? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm thinking also about in her special, she's just wandering in a mansion with like her little yeah, cup of coffee true. too, you know? Oh my God. It's kind of, I, I feel like I go back and forth on that kind of thing because I've been thinking a lot about Hallmark Christmas movies, which I've loved for years and years. And then... A couple weeks ago, I went to this Writers Guild panel on on writing holiday movies, and a, a friend of, and I went. And they, you know, it was a, it was an exec from Lifetime, an exec from Hallmark, and then a couple pe- writers in the guild who've written Christmas movies. And so pe- they were talking, and then blah blah blah. And then people were asking questions, they were answering questions. And a woman asked about like queer representation. Maybe like, is there a market for like that in in lead roles? Well, that's or, pretty. Or are you timely interested? right now? Yeah, I know. And so she. Um, and and I like I'll step back and say first of all like the the woman from light from uh, Hallmark, the executive she just kept talking about you know why people love Christmas because it's like the changing of the season and then the, it was just kind of like I don't know it's like yeah we know like that has nothing to do with marketing a m- movie or whatever <laughs> or you know what you're looking for do you want it in final draft or whatever yeah um and and then she was talking about like. And, you know, you can't fault them for knowing what their brand is and, like, what they're looking for in these movies. And But just kind of this idea that she kept saying, like, we want to make people feel better about the world. You just want people to see something and feel calm and know that it's going to be okay and, like, people are going to fall in love. There's no question. And they're just, you know, make them feel better about the world. And then she kind of did the thing where, like, if you look at the news, everything is so blah, blah, blah. And it's just, you know. We're like, such a divided nation Exactly. Right and yeah. so I just, like, was listening to her thinking, but that I, – I kind of – I'm starting to reject that. And then this question came up and the guy from Lifetime had an answer about like, you know, we just had a a, a storyline. I guess it wasn't the leads, but there were uh, characters in it and it, they didn't make a big deal out of it. They just was like a uh, like two men that had a kid or something like that. And um, she sat there and she had her mic like in her lap and her mouth completely, completely shut. Mm-hmm. And... I said out loud, I was like, oh, that lady from Hallmark doesn't say anything. Like, I said it, like, at this volume. (laughs) And then I laughed out loud. And, like, you know, my friend that was with me laughed. And, like, people kind of, like, looked – because, like, she just – it was just so so obvious. She was like – And because also she's talking about, like, Candace Cameron Bure. And, and, like, so many of their big stars are, like, ridiculously conservative, you know, kind of hateful opinions about things. And – but they're not going to walk away from that. And so then this this story broke this week this week about them rejecting that ad. Yeah. Which I guess now they've reinstituted or whatever. But for it, people that don't know, there was an ad that featured yeah. two women kissing. For was it for Hallmark? It was a. It or was like was a it was an ad, ad too. For, it, was, oh, it was for Lola. Oh, it wasn't even for them. No, no. Oh it was a, it was a Lola no, ad. Well, yeah. Yeah. It, um, and so, you know, it's one of those things like where there's like multiple things going through the screen of like multiple different stories. And there's just like two brides kissing. Um, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So then now they've reinstituted it as of today or something because of the backlash. Because they, they played it and then they got backlash from some. One million moms. One million moms with nothing better to do. Mm. And um, which is probably more like 4,000 moms or something. But um 
It but actually is 4,000 moms it, on Twitter. It really, really is. That's how many Oh, that was just a have. guess. That was a total guess. Hey, Facebook you're really tuned into moms in this country, Christine. I tuned into moms for Jesus. Yeah, the Facebook numbers. That's where it's at, like yeah. <laughs> That's where it started, too, yeah. But it's kind of like, for some, you know, that was like two or three weeks ago. And just from there, it's just like starting to reject this idea, this aspirational the warmth that we get from the, these lives that we've never lived um, and kind of, you know, I think it's just it's a basic human need to want security. And so security is just knowing that you're safe and you're not going to be harmed and you're you're fed and you're warm and you're with people that you love. But we've just been fed this one idea of what it is. And it's like this kind of kitchen, this kind of skin color, this kind of sweater, um, this kind of love and, and – um, and like it's, it makes me mad that I f- I find comfort in that, right? Um, and so I'm trying to understand like, do I find the comfort in the assurance that I know it's going to happen? There's a formula there, or you know, is it like because I want this like suburban life with this like husband who's good with his hands or something? Yeah, if it is like the actual aesthetics and or like the actual content of the message. Exactly, and I just think I think that because she was positioning it with like everything, <laughs> everything that's going on in the world today, which can mean anything. It just it started to make me feel like it was um, a, a denial of of all the hor- of all the horribleness of just like I, I can't I guess I can't explain it because obviously we all have the right if we can look away for a minute yeah. to gather our strength. Like we is can. it a balm like a temporary balm or is it just like escapist delusion? Because basically I, being like delusion. Let me just pretend because it, it, it is. It's, it's like it's uncomplicated all white <laughs> rich people, yeah. you know, who like don't have to deal with all the like other stuff that maybe most people have to deal with in their life because of various oppression, really right. literal p- political stuff. And I'm not saying you have to like sit down at Christmas and, and hash all this stuff out, but it's just like an overarching, I think delusion is a great word. It's because I know that she's coming from this world that, that like, you know, makes all this money and also props up people with these, these stars with these, with these really, really, really mm-hmm. hateful um, views, but they, they would never say them out loud. And there's so much in those movies that isn't said, and that's sometimes more harmful than the stuff that is, um, like the stuff yeah. that they won't address. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just kind of like, when I was listening to this album, I was just kind of getting angry at this song, <laughs> I guess yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, like I, the that complicated thing of like, I like the fantasy, and then I'm like disgusted with myself that I want this fantasy, yeah. you know? particular fantasy, yeah. yeah you yeah. have to wonder, uh, and maybe it'll be like a streaming service or something, but you have to wonder who's going to be, if the analogy would be like the Hallmark Lifetime mainstream stuff is like contemporary country music. You have to wonder who would be like the Jason Isbell or the Sturgill Simpson or the, like people with like progressive views working within the medium mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. people who actually do want to affect actual change systemically as well as like on personal individual basis that then can like use it almost like weaponize it to their advantage and and promote the thing that is the core of what people like maybe comfort or predictability while still functioning in that i don't know i don't know if like someone like a mm-hmm. netflix could do that yeah well christmas or, prince is all about um sexual brexit i did watch christmas in the wild with mr rob Lowe and Kristen davis from sex in the city Ooh, boy. fell asleep to that in my hotel room in las vegas on a real wild night <laughs> at 10 45 p.m was that on your mazel trip yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah it was a nice you went on a mazel trip yeah uh of sorts yeah, yeah. it was like an expense paid too much trip. to 
to Vegas. You're like embarrassed by it. I don't know why. I think it's really cool. It was embarrassing. I guess. Kinda. Like just wasteful, you think? Uh, y- yes. Okay. Yes, for yeah. sure. Maisel has so much money, that show. They have so much money. And it was wasteful to just like fly people. Like, oh, thank you, Amazon Prime. Uh, yeah. Cut to me reading a long read about a dead <laughs> warehouse worker. <laughs> oh, you know, know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, well, at least I got a fire stick. <laughs> like it just feels bad. Yeah. It's unfortunate. So we all have a That's lot of- That's your fantasy that you have to deal with too of like, wow. My fantasy is not flying on a plane to you Vegas. You love no, Vegas. I think that's no, your fantasy. Not, <laughs> you're my number I one think, Vegas I mean, you're wearing that, that sweater that says, uh, I love Vegas. In it was free. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Bezos gave it to me. doesn't mean you have to wear it. And kissed me on the cheek and said, your don't tell me on about it. Well, let me uh, plug for, there's an amazing Rob Lowe Lifetime movie that is not a Christmas movie. That is called um, Scott. Is it the Scott Peterson one? Yes, I'm untouchable. I'm untouchable, bitch. bitch. Yep. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm so happy. In the garage, as the garage mm-hmm. is closing. <laughs> I'm he untouchable. Says that in a bitch. lifetime movie, That's he right. says it in a Chicago accent. I'm untouchable, bitch. I can't God. believe you've seen that. It's it's like just Rob Lowe, who I think is awesome. Like he's just having fun. Although he's a little mega too. <laughs> is he really? Mm-hmm. Didn't love Sarah love Huckabee a, Sanders. I don't want to bring that up, but he made he called Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas. Didn't he have like a sex tape with an underage girl. Yeah, an underage sex tape in yeah. 1980s at the DNC. I, uh, I don't not know these things. Whoops. Well, I, as an actor, I enjoy I'm it, sorry. but I guess that's a yeah. whole other conversation. Nope, oh, not anymore. I'm untouchable, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's such so, an amazing it's, so it's such an amazing I'm sorry moment. I think I, I need to give Caroline the, the visual of it too he's in like a fat suit <laughs> that's him I'm untouchable bitch <laughs> it's, he, he's talking oh to the, na- the neighbor who suspects that he killed his wife and she's like I'm gonna f- I know that you did it and then he's he's a cop so he's oh, saying I like know, I think I've seen this movie yeah. too I think I know the one he's you're talking about he's untouchable because he's a cop that's right he's like really scary in that movie yeah. right mm-hmm. he's like oh. alternately scary and just like Comical. ridiculous <laughs> and he improvised that he did not know they were rolling that was just a wild take he <laughs> was just saying that uh-huh. to that actress <laughs> oh man in response to the DNC oh what a good uh, thoughtful take on this Amy Grant album I think that was a really good uh this is what we want. This is mm-hmm. what we want. Yeah, let's do it. That's it's, it. Let's, there's let's nothing roll wrong. into Agnes Day. <laughs> there's yeah. nothing wrong, I think, with enjoying all this. It's just That's where my head is right now. I think it's good I to think about. That. Yeah, and acknowledge it. And I think the whole, if anyone walks away from this podcast after they after it becomes unlistenable to them and they have to stop listening to it, I would hope that they would have like a little bit more discernment about everything. Not just like, because the whole thing with Christian media is like, obviously there's so much implicit, harmful, hurtful stuff baked in as there is with the Hallmark movies, as there probably is with some of like the Marvel stuff and the Star Wars yeah. stuff and that TV whoa, show you really whoa, like. Whoa, whoa. But now with us, I think we're fine. Marvel is a progressive company. <laughs> they hinted at bisexuality they in one of those movies. big changes. They put a bunch of ladies in one shot. Yeah, yeah. they and got they, them all in one shot, you, Kevin. Uh, what else do you want? Did you get want? choked up? Did you get choked up at that? I think I did. <laughs> I know. Even though I, I like also at the same time, I was like pandering. Yeah. <laughs> Being alive is a paradox. <laughs> Wiping away the tears as Captain Marvel quips a witty one-liner. Oh, I did not like her. Dear Lord. There's uh, there's an amazing um, high school dance team that summarizes all the, mar- the like the last two Marvel movies. A high school dance Summarizes. team? It, it, in like, a dance? They, they, in a dance. It's, it's incredible. It's like Ooh. I watch it to make myself happy. It's so good. Oh, yes. lovely. I like dance videos. 
Well, let's stop talking about some fake comfort and rate this episode. Or rate this episode, rate, rate this, this album. Oh, we can rate this al- uh, episode. I think it went right. really well. That's great. Uh, the way this works, Christine, we give it a holy toast, a holy roast, or a space between holy toast. We send Amy and all her Christmas songs to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> holy roast. She's going to go see a big red man, but it's not the one she's singing oh, no. to. It's the other one. Kool-Aid man? Hey. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I did some real messed up stuff. <laughs> or we send it to purgatory, a la. <laughs> so we'll start with Caroline. Um, I'm, I'm going to give it a space between. Um, I think, like you said, it doesn't bring up strong feelings of dislike. But there was a lot in here that I was like, what is this crap? <laughs> what she She's just... Uh, Pulling at straws, is that the phrase? Grasping at straws. Grasping at straws, thank you. Um, But that said, I really like Agnes Day, and we didn't get to listen to it. I'd like to hear it at some point. Well, wait, do you want to, you want me to play it as I... Maybe while we give it our thoughts. Okay. Did you guys sing this? Well, not you, I'm sorry. Did you sing this in church? Yes. Yes, okay. Yes, this was like a worship standard. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Angus Day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Angus Day. And it was it, it was just his uh, it was Angus T. Jones's part of the two and a half men. <laughs> men, 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 menly men. <laughs> okay, so space between. Yeah. All right, we turn to Christine. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Is I guess what I the, mm. my thought about it. So I'll, I'll give it worse than hell. Yeah, I say <laughs> for an artist. <laughs> That's a hell of a different um, sort. That no is hell. Um, yeah, I think it is is what it is. Yeah, I'll give it a space. Uh, no, I'll select send her to heaven. Why not? Wow. Five forks. I send her to heaven. Wow. Just generosity, no, right? The we're last not all the minute. Same. Five forks. You can't just say five forks. This is so disrespectful. <laughs> we don't have a golden plate club. We <laughs> oh, don't believe in which that. Which one of us is like come on, that's not that's not what we do. <laughs> yeah, but I'm Mitch. <laughs> and it's very <laughs> you're for Oh, you're sure, definitely Mitch. Mitch. Oh my god. Wow, coming from you. In every way. I'm not I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm gonna give it a roast. I was not feeling it. Wow. And I feel bad because I made the decision. You're the number one Amy Grant guy. Uh, I mean, between the two of us. Oh, your socks. My so- yeah. guys. It says number one Amy Grant guys. guys. He's reading oh, yeah. your socks. Socks oh, in my, my socks. Why did you guys wear these outfits? Do you have a phone number on there? <laughs> no. Where'd you get that? I just like holding. It. I never use it. I just like knowing <laughs> I have it. Just as a sense of power. My yeah. Well, I'm wearing a shirt that says you're not allowed to be comforted by anything. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag yeah, gang yours gang. is an eggnog, but it's being poured on <laughs> <Yeah>. the ground. <laughs> and mine says Hallmark movie, but make it about Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you can go to at Christian Fun Pod and give it a host, a roast or toast or a space and between. give it a host, please. And give it a host. <laughs> give me a, a host. We need one. So get out there and Pokemon go to the polls. Ballers. Did you see her on Stern, no. Hillary? It was interesting. Hillary? Did Hillary yeah. say Pokemon go to the polls? Wait, did you not know that? I didn't know that. Wow. This was from the 2016 election. Yeah. When Pokemon Go was so hot. Do you remember that? What a joy for me to recount this. And then at one one, uh, campaign stop, she said, "Um, now I've heard of Pokemon Go. (laughs) But I'm trying to figure out how we get them to have. 
And she won, right? I mean, she did. the popular she won. vote. She won. She did. And that's what gave her the popular vote. But she said, but I'm trying to figure out how we get them to have Pokemon go to get the them to have. Was it like a catch them all votes? Catch them She was like standing. At, I think she's just at some rally event. She's holding a mic. She's on stage and she goes, Pokemon go to the polls. I didn't. I'm Pokemon sorry. Go. No, I got, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm also blocked that year out. Indulgent oh thing. Oh my gosh. I don't know who created Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go. The cheering. But I'm trying to figure out how we get them to have Pokemon go to the polls. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Big applause line. Was there like a... A uh, star was born. Uh, <laughs> cymbals? It sounded like somebody played like... Yeah, Tim Kaine was on drums. <laughs> Pokemon Go. Okay, time to bring it, bring it down. The holiday cheer. Let's get into a more reverent, quieter mm. space. More contemplative, more reflective. The chestnuts are roasting, the fire is going. Your bills are paid. Your bills are paid. You got a second car. You have a two-bathroom, two-car garage. Mm -hmm. And you're happy. You're not lactose intolerant. No debt. (laughs) And all your neighbors kind of agree with you politically. (laughs) (laughs) So, Christine, on other shows you may have been on, maybe other shows on this network... You might promote yourself or your projects or what you like, but we don't do that here. No. We lift them up to the Lord. That's right. We don't promote, we lift. We're praying we start for with, them. We're, uh. We pray for them. Sure. <laughs> we start with Caroline. Uh, you could lift me up at Caroline's Farts all over the web, including TikTok. Hit me up here. You'll see me do the same dance over and over. Um, much love to my TikTok followers. You guys are doing great. And um, New drop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Kevin likes to take things that I say that are stupid out of context and then put them in our song with <laughs> it's reverb. A, it's a true struggle to hunt for them <laughs> and just find like real irreverent nuggets. Of, land in the sentence every right, time. That's right, that's right, that's um, right. I'll lift up Happiness Lab again. It's a podcast I've talked about before, but um, I, I just didn't think it would have that much an effect on me, but it's like really changed a lot of things in my mind. Wow. And, been really really helpful it's it's a, by a Yale professor who teaches a class on like how to be happy and she talks about all the like psychological research and then just little tweaks you can make and it's really oh, it's nice awesome. yeah and it works it works and you're the living proof I am hey I start crying <laughs> <laughs> but maybe it's a happy cry some yeah. cries can be real good that's true it's a release oh your mm-hmm. Coke brother's shirt it's all wet oh no oh, it's no. a little damp my favorite one is getting wet <laughs> we but won't tell you Billy? which one <laughs> your favorite boob or your favorite <laughs> yeah your favorite boob Billy yeah. <laughs> yeah no we're saying the same thing we call uh, we turn to Christine I would lift up at Nanglish on Twitter a wonderful follow <laughs> it's a fun follow I hope um a show uh, on Netflix called Astronomy Club. It's a new sketch show, Ooh. and it's super funny. It's six episodes. Each episode is like 20 minutes. Um, just dropped about a week ago. It is a uh, sketch team out of UCB New York, uh, all black members. Yeah. It is super fun and weird. I worked on it a little bit, and they're, they're oh, hey. the nicest people. Nice. Um, I'm going to watch it. And uh, it's just silly. It's, it's really funny. And just for fun, they're they're there's two podcasts that I uh, but three I love Super Soul Sunday by Oprah Ooh. Um, there is a podcast I 
don't know which network it's on. I don't think it's this one. It's called the Beef and Dairy Network. It's a British. Oh yes, yes, that's it's on Max Fun. Max Fun. Yeah, and it's just so funny and it's weird. So wild. Yeah. Um, really well done. And there's uh, one on BBC Sounds called uh, Tom Neenan is yes is. Yes, all men. I think it's called. Yes, <laughs> or Tom, all men. Or Tom, Tom Neenan is all men, or something. And it's just a. <laughs> it, yes, all it's men. a comedy <laughs> podcast where he kind of just plays this like. Tom Neenan is not all. Is men. not all men. Yes, <laughs> not all men. Yeah, that's way funnier. <laughs> and um, he is is just uh, this playing this like really uh, self involved male feminist character, <laughs> and uh, it's really well written. Great. Hey, thanks for the lift ups. Yeah. You can lift me up at Kevin T. Porter, and I will lift up. You know what? I'm going to lift up the idea of making a playlist for your buddy. That's how I'm lifting up this week. Shut up. Don't laugh at me. What? Send us your playlists. I will. People can. No, like, not you. I don't don't want yours. Oh, okay. No, I do. I do. We have overlapping tastes. I know. We really do. I really love one of yours. (laughs) Um, But can't people make playlists and then, like, share them, like, send them to us on Twitter and stuff? They absolutely can. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to make a playlist for good Christian fun. That's not Christian music. And hashtag hashtag it Nangang. Hashtag it Nangang. Yes. Yeah. This is a Nangang sponsored N-A-N-G-G-A-N-G. episode. Oh, I had it first before uh, Andrew. Oh. Yeah, that must have been. I thought of you. It was. Oh my that. gosh. That was, that was real tough it's, for you. It's, a lot of people have but contacted he's me thinking, gang, right? That, yes. Oh, okay. A lot of people have contacted me thinking that it's he stole it from me. <laughs> like, how could he possibly stole it from me? <laughs> but yes, he he's stole it from me. But it is I appropriation. It. Mm-hmm. It's pro- yeah. And so to all you Nanglophiles. <laughs> Don't vote for him. <laughs> no, because a vote for him is a vote against Nang. Do you ever say that's me. ancient history? <laughs> no, but mm. that's good. All right, that's one for you. Thank you. <laughs> and that was worth it coming yes. on the I'm show. I'm angry that I've never thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lift us up everywhere at Christian Fun Pod. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Every review you leave, we donate a dollar to charity. This one's charity's the Dream Center. That's right. And then you can subscribe at patreon.com slash goodchristianfund to second service every week. Ooh, we got a good one this week. It's going to rock your freaking socks Which off. Which one is it this week? I don't know. <laughs> so Pokemon Go to one? second service. Pokemon Go to the second <laughs> service. Ooh, okay, yeah. <laughs> what a nice punch <laughs> up. You. We can, <laughs> you can listen to a couple ballers. A <laughs> couple <laughs> Ballers? Uh, she's not getting the nomination. Christine, thank you so much for joining My pleasure. us on the thank show. You. Thank you, Christine. And there's nothing left to say except for an all pots people said. Amen. Amen. Christine, what's a Christmas song that's not by Amy Grant that you want us to go out on? Oh, wow. Um, no, not that one. No. So we can all get on board with. No. How about Aspen Glow? Ooh. That's on the John Denver soundtrack. Hell yeah. Right. Aspen Glow. All in word. I like um I like Christmas songs about snow. Or just natural beauty. I yeah. think that's maybe the route I would that's go. That's exactly down. what this so is. So just like oh Christmas tree, oh Christmas tree. Just like crisp air. So Christmas air would be your take Rocks. on this. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas grass. Snow fox. Yeah, you know those kind of things. Christmas sky. Good Christmas air. Hey, happy good Christmas fun to everyone. everyone. Happy good Hanukkah fun. Happy yeah. Kwanzaa fun. Happy Tis the reason fun. for the listening. Hey. Thanks for doing it. Mm, for at least one more year. <laughs> All right, we'll see you not next week. We're taking a little break for the holiday. Next week is Christmas. 
cuddle up with your loved ones and tell them you're praying for them, but don't say why. <laughs> and we'll see you soon again on GCF. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. See how much there is to give. See how strongly you That was a HeadGum Podcast.